Welcome to the Savage Bloggers Network podcast. This is episode two. I'm Christian Serrano. And I'm Ron Blessing. And in the show, we highlight some of the interesting and exciting announcements, posts, podcasts, products, and more to come through the SBN feed. And in case you didn't catch that, yes, that was in fact Ron Blessing of the Games of Thing podcast, as well as Smiling Jack's Bar and Grill. Uh, Ron ha- was interested in joining the podcast, and so of course I was more than honored to have him on the show. And uh, yeah, welcome, Ron. Uh, thanks, man. I, I you know I just uh, miss talking about Savage Worlds, so <laughs> I thought it would be kind of cool to uh, sit down with you. Uh, we've put together quite the the friendship over the last few years, uh, starting with you listening to the old podcasts, and and uh, we hit it off. So it kind of made sense for us to do this together. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, if if we weren't talking about it over IM so frequently and through the uh, comments and whatnot on the on your other podcasts, and also just even working on the Games of Thing website back during the relaunch, that was a lot of fun as well. I'm I'm really happy to be working with you, man. This is cool. Yeah, this, this is really, really cool. It's going to be good times. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So we've got uh, quite a few things on the list for this week. I'll go ahead and kick it off if uh, if that's okay with you, Ron. Have at it, man. All right, will do. I will, I will be having at it. <laughs> so the first thing we have on the list, this was actually a really interesting blog post over on A Yelp in the Dark. The, the, the title of it was Adventure or Deliver Cargo. And what was cool about this is it's a really light, fast way to handle a piece of the campaign where player characters are either smugglers or traders. Think along the lines of like Firefly, for example. This is Chad Jones, by the way, who wrote this blog post. He just creates a really quick set of rules of how to determine how much money is earned, what a raise might get you, and then also using making good use of the interlude mechanics to determine certain outcomes of the delivery process or whatever. Um, So, for example, things can go awry or things can go really, really well or something in between. So I thought that was really cool. I thought that was a lot of fun. And uh, if I ever do a Firefly-like game again in the future, I think I might incorporate this. So, yeah. I'm a real fan of tools like this because, I mean, going back to basic D&D, I have never had a good handle on, like, what to provide for compensation for <laughs> whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, it's always been a hang-up for me, whether I'm running a fantasy game or a, a cyberpunk-style game or, or any of those things. And so whenever somebody puts out a system that both lets you use real dollars, but it keeps it, you know, simplified, that's a cool tool. Yeah, I think that's a consistent struggle that a lot of GMs have, especially when you're dealing with the economy of an RPG setting, because we all know RPG economics just never really work that well. So you're trying to give them right. good compensation for the work they do, but you don't want to break the economy <laughs> for them either. Yeah, uh, yeah. And and there's a lot of hand-wavy you know, things that a GM can do, especially in a setting where they're supposed to be broke looking for the next job. You know, just take their money between sessions. Um you know, when I think of the um, anime uh, Cowboy Bebop, in between every episode, they manage to lose all their money because in the next episode, what are they doing? They're looking for a job. So um, that's one great way to do it. But if you really want to, you know, if you have that group that doesn't want to just give that kind of hand waviness to the GM, I think this is a great compromise. You know, you might even be able to adapt this for something like a Conan-like game. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, or even, uh, I don't know, Lankmar or something like that. Yeah, what's Longmar? I've never heard of I, I, that. Yeah, <laughs> well, well, we'll get to that later, though. Okay, we'll get to that later. Cool. So, so next item on the on the list here, six gun Kickstarter. Ron, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? 
Man, uh, so the sixth gun is a Weird West setting. Finally, a Weird West setting for Savage Worlds. Just kidding. <laughs> so You know, I felt like that was really lacking in Savage Worlds. <laughs> yeah, it, totally. It, I mean, there's yeah. only... 30 books out for Deadlands or something. But what I think is interesting, on one hand, you can say, okay, Savage Worlds already has Deadlands. But on the other hand, and, and this has been said a couple times, I think, when you're Oni Press and you're looking for who to have develop the RPG version of your Weird West comic book, who who are you going to hire? <laughs> you're not going to hire anybody else but Shane Hensley. I mean, you're not going to hire anybody but Pinnacle, right? Right. right. And then and then on top of that, Shane's kind of you know in the background, sort of helping out and part of the team pulling the strings. But really, this is kind of Scott Allen Woodard's baby, and so you're going to get another take on it, which is what I'm so excited about. The Sixth Gun is a great storyline. I've read the first trade because when I first heard about this back at Gen Con. Um, I went and bought the digital trade through Comixology just so I could see what the heck we were we were looking at. And I'm super stoked for this. So I've already backed it. Have you backed it yet? No, no. So here's here's the thing. I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of Westerns. I know. Oh, I know so your opinion is wrong. Sir. It is. It is. But but yeah. I tried to dabble in. I tried to you know read. Like I I bought the Deadlands uh, Players Guide and uh, GM's Guide. I felt like I was kind of stepping into something that was massive because it has this long history. There's a lot of meta plot to it. There's a lot going on with it, and I feel like I'm sort of. Uh, it's really hard for me to really uh, dive deep into it. What is compelling about the Six Gun to me is that this is something fresh and new, and I can pick up the comics. I can read them, you know, just tear through them. I can get a good handle of the setting, and I can dive into this RPG sort of from the ground up. So you kind of have the same problem with Deadlands as I do with Eberron. Like you're right. encouraging me to run your phenomenal Eberron conver- conversion for Savage Worlds, and I'd love to do that, but it's so intimidating. And I, and I guess I've been embroiled, you know, with Deadlands since the very first book where it said it was the spaghetti western with meat on the back uh, back in the 90s. So I was there from the beginning, just like you were there from the beginning with Eberron. You're right. Uh, with Eberron, um, for example, I got in on the ground up on that as well. One, one of the cool things about Eberron is that they don't have a meta plot that's, that's advancing. And that's one of the reasons why I do like it. And one of the reasons why I, I always try to you know nudge you toward it um because you can you don't have to use everything in the setting and they're not expanding it perpetually you know more and more stuff but yeah i I think i'm I'm gonna check out six gun well so veronica loves the here's the real reason i backed it veronica loves the weird west genre okay right and i've run so much deadlands over the years that i'm really resistant to run it now because i've done it (laughs) you know what i mean i've done it a lot so this will let me run weird west and it will allow me to pretend that I haven't caved to my wife at right. the same time. Right. See how that works? <laughs> but it's not Deadlands. <laughs> it's totally not Deadlands. I'm running right. something completely different. Right. Right. That's just that's that's a good justification, man. I like it. Yeah, totally. I'm good at justifying things, yeah. trust me. Yeah. Some, yeah. Or rationalizing, one of the two. Whatever. All yeah. those things. All those things. Yeah. All the Isings, really. I'll, I'm good uh, yeah. at the Isings. Pretty much it, yeah. Just cover them all. All right, what else we got? Well, let's see here. You know, speaking of the sixth gun, there's an article that mentions the sixth gun um, at geekin.wordpress.com about drawing villains from PC backstories. This article is really neat because, you know, it, it tells you how to do that. So I recommend checking it out. 
but it really touched on a lot of things that I've already done for years in my campaigns. The magical Deadlands classic campaign that I've talked about on and on and on and on ad nauseum for all the podcasts that I've ever done. Um, <laughs> it's come up on every podcast I've ever been a part of. But um, that's that's how I ran that whole campaign. I ran the whole campaign from the players' backgrounds. And so having this article out there kind of laying things out, it's really neat. Did you get to read it? No, no, not entirely. Yeah, I no, definitely recommend it's It's pretty neat. Yeah, it looked pretty cool. I kind of glanced through it earlier, and uh, yeah, I think there's some some really cool um, cool ideas uh, in there, and, and I think it's a really good way to sort of entrench the 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 players into their characters and the setting itself. It's definitely good stuff, and I I recommend people to look it over. I think it'll help you in Savage Worlds plot point campaign format, especially mm-hmm. because to make the plot point campaign not feel like you're being you know, the players are being led by the nose. Um, the best thing for me, at least, is always has always been to, to use those backgrounds and to sort of, you know, um, you know, make it feel like the, the, the player characters belong there, not just they're not there for the ride. Right. Yeah. So next thing we've got is the awesome guys at the Savage Worlds GM Hangout on Air. Um, they just celebrated their 100th episode. And they've been going strong for about two years now. And I think they're up to about 500 subscribers. I think that's the last that Jared reported. Yeah, congrats to Jared. He he works really hard on that. He's super active, especially on G+. And he's been a real champion of the Savage community over the, over the last couple of years, especially. So very cool. Absolutely. And we've had the opportunity to be on that show, too. And it was, it was a lot of fun. In any case, the recent Hangout on Air was about uh, min-maxing characters. And what's cool about this is it's not about min-maxing so much to become, you know, uber-powerful characters and, you know, basically game the game. The min-maxing was more in the scope of how to optimize the character to be the archetype that you were aiming for. The concept is what they were focusing on. And I thought that was really cool. For anybody who hasn't listened to it, though, just be warned that they're a rowdy bunch. Irreverent, I think, is the, uh, is the word you're looking for. Um, sometimes some NSFW stuff comes up. Yes. Yeah, sometimes. Occasionally. But that's what earbuds are for, you know. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of good advice comes through there. Uh, they do a Q&A. They'll take questions from the audience and try to answer them best they can. It's, it's a really good show. I think there's a lot of good value that comes out of that, out of that podcast. So Definitely check it out. Mm-hmm. So... I uh, This is another neat rules tweak that I wanted to talk about. Gibberinggamer.com did a thing on latent abilities in Savage Worlds. And this is a neat concept. So one of the, the sticking points over the years in Savage Worlds is people want to be able to take a, an arcane background later. And eventually, they kind of explicitly said, yeah, yeah, you can do that. That's fine. In one of the rule books, it's finally in there that you can take it later with a good reason. Right. That was the sort of rule of thumb for background edges in general. Right. 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 But but the one that always got talked about really was, was Arcane Background. Sure. Yeah. So what I like about latent abilities is it is you as a player buying an edge that tells your GM that at some point, I'm investing this in the character, at some point, I want to discover some sort of arcane ability and you don't get anything immediately, but when an in-game event occurs that is devised by your game master or through a discussion with you and your game master, um, that ability comes out. 
And I think this is so freaking neat. And we've seen that trope in, you know, in films and television shows where there's somebody who has some sort of latent ability and usually right around the climax or something to that effect, um, this sort of ability unleashes. Well, the very first thing I think of is Buffy the Vampire Slayer with the character Willow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, she starts out as a computer hacker, but a couple of seasons in finds out that she's real good (laughs) with magic. Right. Um, and, and that's a perfect example. You know, if you're, especially if you're playing a, you know, modern urban fantasy kind of game, um, latent ability is just brilliant. Right. Right. Uh, So I, I like to see that, you know, in the core rules kind of written up that way. Yeah. But, uh, I think it's, it's really a, a stroke of genius. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And it's such a simple and elegant way to handle role playing that concept through, some sort of mechanic. A very smart designer on the games of thing uh, said to me, and I can't remember who it was, so I'm just going to say it was a very smart designer, <laughs> said to me that your character sheet is basically a menu or a list of things you're, you're telling your game master you want to happen to you. I can't imagine a better thing than that on your character sheet than this latent ability concept. Yeah, you can't get more literal than right. that. Yeah. I, I, I think uh, the... Probably my favorite thing to come out over the last week or so um, was an interview with Ed Wetterman. Um, he is one of my favorite people that I have met since I got involved in podcasting. Uh, one of the finest folks I, I've ever known. And this was a, a six-shot interview on uh, Wood Planet uh, Gaming Lodge dot com, and um, it, it's just a text interview. And it's got some great pics of, you know, the, the map of Pine Box and talks about East Texas University and some of the different books that Ed's worked on. And it's just put together really well. And, and uh, anytime Ed has anything to say, uh, I, I tend to listen because the guy is um, pretty brilliant. He has a phenomenal understanding of, of Savage Worlds. And uh, he is a true, a true blue 100% savage. So... Very cool that this is out there. Yeah, and kind of tying back to um, the GM Hangout on Air, he actually came onto that show. Uh, I think we were on that one where, where we got to interview we him about ETU, and he was—he's just awesome. He's just so much fun to talk to. And yeah, uh, no, he's a neat guy. Yeah, he really is. And um, yeah, and ETU was, was a pretty solid product. And Preston, we should—we should not forget to mention Preston. He's also a heavy contributor to that product as well. No, no. He, he and Preston DeBose put a great book uh, together, and obviously the rest of the team at Pinnacle had some say in it, but, but man, those guys, Pine Box is their baby. Yeah, labor of love. They did a phenomenal job with Absolute it. labor of love for them, yeah. Yeah, and speaking of the crew at uh, Pinnacle and my multiple mentions of Lankmar, <laughs> um, uh, for those people that prefer to buy their PDFs at DriveThruRPG or, or RPG Now, um, those are starting to pop up over there. I know you can get the first book, but now the Savage Tales of the Thieves Guild is up there as well. I should also mention, though, if you do want to go the Pinnacle way, there is a huge bundle over there that puts together all the products that are out or are coming out for Longmore, and and that's going to be uh, pretty huge. I actually went ahead and jumped the gun and bought just the Longmore, uh first book, 
with the PDF before I saw this big bundle. And so I kind of missed the boat. Yeah, I, I did the same thing. I, I, I grabbed the PDF early as soon as it was released. Um, yeah. And what's really cool is that the, the upcoming product that it, I don't think it's out yet is Savage Foes of Naewon. Yeah, and that's going to have <laughs> – I have one complaint about the first Savage Worlds uh, uh, Lankmar product, and that's that it doesn't have the adventure generator. So finally this third book has the adventure generator in it. So I'm kind of excited about Savage Foes of Naewon. Yeah, I'm really curious to see how that adventure generator looks. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be good. They're all good. And seriously, for me to find a fault is a big deal because Lankmar is like, oh my God, my favorite thing ever. When Shane got the license for... Solomon Kane years ago, the first thing I said was, you need to do Lankmar. <laughs> and uh, he said, that's never going to happen. So right, just wanted to put that out there. That's never going to happen, he said. Too funny. <laughs> Too funny. So, so as far as uh, other Kickstarters, by the way, um, there's another one that's out there right now. They actually did a Kickstarter, I think a year or two ago, maybe two years ago. I don't remember now. It was Thunderscape. And this was a setting that was created by Shane Hensley. Can can I say it? Go ahead. Whenever I say the name of the setting, I have to pronounce it this way. Thunderscape. It just sounds so thunderous. Because of the name. Yeah. Anyway, go yeah. on. I actually didn't know much about this setting. I didn't pay much attention to it in the first Kickstarter. I didn't even realize that this was created by Shane Hensley back in, I think, the mid-90s for, I, I think, yep. a video game as well as some yep. books and, for a video and whatnot. Game. And... Yep. Uh, so this is kind of resonating on all sorts of frequencies for me because Shane wrote it. It's now going to be a Savage World setting. And it has basically sort of like a fantasy, magic, steampunk kind of vibe going on, which I really like. It's sort of like taking next logical step of, of magic technology in, in, in a fantasy setting, which is one of the reasons why I love Eberron so much. So this is, I, I can't think of a reason why I might not like this. And I think it even has a post-apocalyptic um, aspect to it as well. So I'm, so yeah. if you're a fan of Shane's work, what's really most interesting about this is I believe he mentioned that this was the very first setting that he created. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. So, so even before Deadlands. If you, it, right. So if you pay attention to Thunderscape, it's a harbinger yeah. <laughs> for what was going to happen in Shane's career. There's a lot of stuff in in Thunderscape. He says that you'll you'll recognize as showing up other places, or at least concepts and ideas. That's fantastic. So um, I'm, I, I this is a Kickstarter. I did go in on almost right off the bat. I was like, "Yep, I want that." So yeah, I'm looking forward to. Man, you're gonna make me back it. You should do it, man. And it, I'm already I'm already into Six Gun. <laughs> and then and then we'll do an online game. Just saying. Hey, that could be cool. Yeah. That could be cool. Yeah. All right. All right, cool. I guess I'm going to go back it after this. You should. Very cool. All right, so I think we're coming up to the uh, last item on our list here. This is kind of sad. I don't want this to end just yet. That's so, so sad. sad. But, uh, <laughs> but it's not the least item. This is actually really cool. Um, we, uh, I did an interview with Sean Gaston. Your first ever interview. It was so cool. I'm so proud. Thank you. Thank you. Did, did I do good? <laughs> did I do good, Ron? You did a great awesome. job, dude. I, I, you should keep doing it. You're... You know, you have a good voice, and you're really thoughtful in your questions. And uh, um, my PayPal is ronblessing at gmail.com. Yeah, I'll send some money over. Yeah, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. Make sure to edit that part out, right? Right. All right, cool. Yeah, uh, so, but thank you. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, uh, Sean Gaston was, was great to talk with. And uh, 
that interview is on uh, the YouTube channel for Savage Bloggers Network. Uh, it's also in this podcast feed, and I, it just released, I think, yesterday, if I recall. And um, yeah, it was really cool hearing him talk about Clockworks and how it came to be. And uh, we even talked a little bit about uh, uh, Streets of Bedlam, uh, which was the uh, Savage World setting that he did all of the illustrations for from the front cover gorgeous gorgeous yeah books. yeah it's a great great book yeah. and all the all the supplements for it as well and uh and he talked about the future direction of clockworks as not only a comic but also as a savage world setting an official licensed savage world setting so there's uh, i think there's some bits of that that that'll be coming out this summer in fact along with his uh first um offering of the comic in a pdf format yeah oh, yeah it's it's and, and this this whole you doing an interview thing, this is going to lead to more interviews, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, very. Cool. I, I can't I can't name anybody just yet, but I'm in a conversation with with another publisher right now to do an interview, probably end of June, early July. So we have, yeah, sweet. Yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping that we can get maybe like one a month going, you know, something to that effect. So sounds like yeah, fun. Yeah, I'm 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 enjoying it. I'm really enjoying doing these doing these conversations with. Uh, I've been on you to like podcast forever, so I'm so excited. You, you have, you have, and I'm excited that you you uh, <laughs> you really kind of got me excited about it. You know, and uh, I should admit that Ron was the one who helped me pick out some of the gear for the podcast as well. So thank you. You sound wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I look wonderful too, but you don't get that on the uh, on the podcast. Uh, yeah, no. All right. So, sure. uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> anywho. So that's everything on our show for this week. Yep. I'm at the bottom of the list, too. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast at feed.savagebloggers.net slash podcast. Or if you're interested in seeing updates as they come through the Savage Bloggers Network feed, you can subscribe to feed.savagebloggers.net. You can also subscribe to feed updates via Twitter by following at Savage Bloggers or get a few highlights as well as other community news by following us on Google+. Uh, you can find links to all of these resources by visiting the Savage Bloggers Network website at www.savagebloggers.net. And whatever you do until next time, keep it fast, furious, and fun. Say goodbye, Ron. Goodbye, Ron. Goodbye, Ron.